Welcome to this edition of the Disciples Men podcast with your host Greg Alexander and Alex Ruth. Thank you for joining us as we explore the many challenges of being man of faith in these challenging times. Disciples Men is a ministry of Disciples Home Missions of the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in the U.S. and Canada. Let's listen in today's conversation. Welcome to another edition of the Disciples Men podcast. This is Alex Ruth. I'm your Associate Director of Disciples Men and joined as always by our Director of Disciples Men, Greg Alexander. Greg, good to have you with us this afternoon. Great to be here again, Alex. Uh, Always good to share this time with you. It is. I'm really excited about our conversation today. We have a special guest with us, and I'm going to let you introduce her to our listeners. It is an honor for me today to introduce to you the Reverend Yvonne Gilmore, uh, who is the Interim Administrative Secretary of the National Convocation of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. And I think our listeners by now know that the National Convoca- Convocation is the represents the it's our historic Black uh, organization that's been around a very long time as a part of the uh, Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And so, um, as we'd love to do, Yvonne, is we love to hear a little bit of your story and share whatever you want to share about the National Convocation, what you're learning, what you love about your work there, and uh, we'll see where the rest of the conversation goes. So, welcome. Thank you so much. It's so uh, wonderful to be here. Uh, So grateful for Disciples Men's Ministry and and the privilege to be in conversation today. Uh, Indeed, I bring bring you greetings on behalf of National Convocation and the Office of the General Minister and President, uh, where I also serve as Associate um, General Minister and President. I um, have thrilled about 90 days uh, on the job <laughs> since December <laughs> 1 of 2020, and, and it's a two-year um, um, time of uh, interim discernment and reimagination for um, the National Convocation. Uh, I'll say uh, 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 a little bit of history in terms of, as I described, right, all the, the multitude of things that I'm excited about. Um, and actually, we'll just say, for those that, that don't know me, I'm a core trainer with Reconciliation Ministries that have been so for the last 12 years or so. Um, I've served as a, a new church pastor in Ohio, uh, got ordained in uh, Washington, D.C., where I grew up, Michigan Park Christian Church, uh, was a new church planter, I've been a chaplain, um, and then I was uh, associate dean of Disciples Divinity House of the University of Chicago for uh, seven and a half years before starting in this um, position. Uh, so congregational ministry, theological education, um, chaplaincy, new church, uh, anti-racism stuff, uh, lots of things. I've been loved well by our church and am so privileged to serve in this role. Um, uh, yeah, my, my heart overflows. Um, so so what I'll say is, uh, uh, right, Preston Taylor, <laughs> uh, uh, who really gave birth to, uh, I mean, as, as we think about identity, as we think about men um, in particular, I just, just have to invoke his name. Uh, right, who was born uh, as a slave in 1847. Uh, he fought in the Civil War. He also was a drum major in the Civil War. And we know for African-American disciples, actually, around the 1830s is when uh, we see uh, uh, people of color kind of uh, um, uh, beginning to, to gather. But uh, he was hired, right, as uh, international um, auxiliary uh, evangelist uh, uh, as a part of um, uh, the disciples in 1890, and then in 1917, uh, founded right the um, National Christian Missionary Conference, uh, which is this gathering of, uh, of Black disciples. And then in 69, right there was a historic merger, so mm-hmm. that the uh, Black disciples are no longer just sort of an auxiliary group, right, but are sort of fully merged with 
Um, there were assembly churches, which were the white churches. Then there were convention churches, which were the um, uh, churches for uh, African-American persons. And so then they, they merged uh, in 69. And then in 2019, right, we just celebrated 50 years um, to, together. Um, and so I'll say I uh, am, am grateful, as I, even as I talk about Preston Taylor, right, uh, who I was naming, right, that he was born a slave and then he fought in the Civil War. He went to Nashville, right? He helped to found uh, Greenwood Cemetery uh, for, mm -hmm. for persons of color because uh, it was challenging to find places, right, for, to bury people. Um, he helped to found, actually, Tennessee State um, University. He actually was the founder of a bank. He started four churches. Um, yeah, just this really prolific uh, uh, person, right? And some of this uh, is around access because these kinds of goods and services weren't readily accessible right. Right, to persons. Uh, but also just name it, right, in terms of, of the kind of, um, of faith and, and excellence that, right, is, is our legacy uh, in terms of, of as disciples, um, not just as black disciples, but as disciples, um, period. Uh, and so um, I'm grateful for, <laughs> uh, to, to join the uh, leadership of, of National Convocation during this interim time. Um, of two years, right, of, of, of following the 17-year uh, uh, service of Timothy James, uh, right, to get to reimagine and think about, um, right, so as a part of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, um, National Convocation has around 600 congregations or so, uh, right, to think about, um, right, who can we be together in this moment, um, which I think is a, is a profound moment, uh, where all institutions are changing, right, some of those institutions are because of COVID, <laughs> right, we've all made massive, profound changes, uh, certainly in terms of religious institutions. Uh, I think the report dropped today, right, about right. Uh, the historic number right, of folks who no longer consider themselves members of uh, faith communities. Uh, you know, in, in, this, in, the, in the context of this wider landscape, right, of institutional change, I think it's, it's exciting um, to be a part of, of the conversation, both with National Convocation, but with the whole church, right, about who we can be together, how we can move forward. Uh, I'll say, as I you know, hear calls, and we all, right, have seen the, the call to, to remind each other that Black Lives Matter amidst mm -hmm. um, lots of things on the landscape that would suggest otherwise. Uh, that, that for me, that becomes a, uh, how do we internally uh, wrestle with this, uh, right? How do we show it in our, um, with our resources? How do we show it with how we're organized? How do we show it in terms of enabling uh, uh, folks in our churches and our communities to flourish? Um, and so I'm, I'm yeah, just thrilled and, and honored to uh, uh, be privileged to lead conversation, right, and reflection and assessment. The interim time for any any interim ministry, right, is time to kind of take inventory of you know what are those resources that we um, we have, uh, what what's our our legacy, what we have we inherited that we want to transform, right, and so we get to um, do that kind of work of, of reimagination, uh, but also uh, right to sit with uh, our identity. Uh, right, and those those deeper um, uh, questions. Uh, I, I love that I'm on a, a men's ministry podcast because that's a, another aspect of identity. Uh, and I think, you know, identity uh, often we'll sort of see, right, it can be problematic, uh, right? But but that God invites us to, to uh, I believe, and particularly people of faith, right, to think about um, the, the gifts of, uh, of identity, right, and, and how we can um, wrestle together. Uh, I'm, I'm saying way too much, but the, the final thing I'll highlight is, um, uh, you know, for me, as I think about all the gains of civil rights movement, um, which really are gains, uh, I, I don't, I think that is true that Christian men and women, <laughs> Christian siblings, Christian persons um, help to lead those charges, right, to uh, invite um, the legislature 
to be attentive to the needs of our communities, right, and to who we are together. Um, that I, I also, uh, with my whole heart, believe that this is a time to call us um, not only to, to be in conversation with um, uh, legislative <laughs> needs, uh, right, but to say uh, for all the transformation that's happened in the wider populace, uh, why don't our churches look different? Uh, 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 as we think about racial reconciliation and that progress, um, that, that we can't just change the wider uh, civil sphere, but I think it's time for uh, there to be a different kind of integration, uh, right, in a different way that we uh, we honor God in church life. So it shouldn't be, uh, Sunday shouldn't be the most segregated hour, uh, but even during the week, uh, right, that, that we really are called together, um, together uh, for human flourishing. Uh, and, I, and I believe that it's possible for us to do those, right, in ways that we've never done uh, before. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's a gift to, to get to, to lead those conversations and, and put some focus on that and emerge after these two years with a, a strategic plan to go forward. Wow. That's really exciting. I, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the National Convocation can help lead the way for the rest of the church. You know, in because yes. uh, uh, I know there's a great intentionality with your call uh, to do this that um, I don't see. I have to say I don't see quite that same intentionality in some other places. Hopefully, Alex and I are working with that with disciple men, but we're pretty small potatoes <laughs> compared <laughs> to what you're doing with national convocation. But I, I do have a question, and it's uh, again. I hope it's not a. I hope it doesn't uh, reveal some of my bumbling nature when it comes to some of these things, but. <laughs> I've, as when I served as regional minister, one of the great struggles we had when we were talking about uh, how we become uh, more unified as a church, you know, how as, uh, more integrated in our worship and how we live out the yeah. program of the church and stuff, is it, it seemed to me like the biggest stumbling block we had was not so much race as it was culture. Yeah. Especially when we were talking about issues of worship, it, you know, people didn't people embraced and seemed to genuinely love when if you were a predominantly white congregation, when African-American people would show up to worship. I mean, there was really a genuineness about welcoming them yeah. and vice versa. I've, I always was yeah. extraordinarily yes. welcomed in all the times I yeah. visited our traditionally black churches in Kentucky. But, you know, the cultural dimension seemed to be the place, you know, we all have our kind of ways we love to do it, yep. Yep. how we do it and how we how we move beyond some of that, you know, where we begin to embrace the difference mm -hmm. that each of us bring. I'm, I'm curious to kind of what you've encountered and how you would see us beginning to break some of that down. Right, right, right. So I'll say, <laughs> I'll say a few things uh, and I'm going to get to the to the culture piece, but I'll, but I'll just say. Uh, you know, so serving in this role, and, and certainly you see this right in terms of regions. Um, and, I, and right, I've been a congregational pastor. Uh, I'll say, I think, uh, in terms of talking about not uh, forsaking our fellowship, that in fact, um, isolation that God, God doesn't want us to be isolated. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'll say, uh, with my whole heart, I, I really think it's important for congregations to connect. And and so um, I try to tell stories uh, because as I see it. Disciples flourished uh, during those periods when congregations worked together. So I could say, you know, I live in Chicago. When I look Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, right, new churches were given birth to, right, when four or five existing congregations got together and said, let's use it, right, we're, we're going to be a mission together. Um, and so, and I believe, uh, <laughs> you know, that the book of Acts and, and all of the, the letters, right, <laughs> point to, 
similar things uh, mm-hmm. that that I think that we actually have to believe the premise that um, that we're not. It's not okay that God's not pleased when we just attend to yeah. our own uh, silo, to our own congregation, to our own uh, organization. And I think that across racial lines, uh, you know, we can talk about covenant. We can start somewhere else theologically, uh, but period. I think you actually have to believe uh, that that you by yourself alone. That it's not enough. So I'll say I'd like right. to say, you know, it takes a village to raise a Christian. I, I think it actually takes a village <laughs> to to just to be the to be the body. And so I'll say I think it's so significant that we actually um, that we privilege that. So so that if, if in fact it's important uh, that God in fact calls us, uh, right? <laughs> then um, then I think that we then have to jump into more of the why, right? Because I think we don't we don't actually believe it, and so we'll stay isolated. Or we'll just attend to ourselves because we don't actually think um, that the the whole is is um, is more important. Uh, <laughs> in fact, it's more important, and um, and for the sake of the gospel uh, and 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 God's love and our that we can't. I think at times we think we're enough, um, or you know, I'm so tired that I, I don't have the energy to. Uh, like no, God, God's provided for us, right? Uh, I think extra energy, right, and extra creativity and ideas. Um, when we do so, so, so I'll say that for me, part of it is, um, is we, uh, I think we have to kind of start with, um, <laughs> does that matter? Is it, does it, who, you know, who cares really that, that we get together? Do you actually believe that? Is it this kind of perfunctory annual or, um, you know, <laughs> by any old, you know, okay, we'll go because we know we're so, so supposed to, or do you, in fact, uh, it, you know, is this, is this, what's at stake, right? In terms of our gathering and getting together. Um, and then I think absolutely the, <laughs> the cultural uh, uh, pieces um, uh, come up. I'll also say, uh, you know, so I've served congregations. I've, I've been in the uh, DC area in Illinois, Wisconsin, and then in Ohio. Um, one of the things I love is that my children love the camping programs and all these places. So over the years, I would always get to pay for them to go to camp in all of the regions because <laughs> they just, right, they just love people. Um, there, uh, you know, and on the one hand, like, I'd be like, well, isn't this one enough? And they would be like, no, 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 I miss my friends over here. So their formation <laughs> really was, I mean, yeah, they're fully products of, of all of those things. I name that because for me, that's also a really tangible way in which it's like, that's camping is congregations getting together. Right. right, uh, right. And, and it's so life-changing for, um, and not just kids, but even right. Like young adult conferences in, in these different areas, right. Like folks won't miss <laughs> gathering in these ways. Uh, and so I just want to point to that, right, as another space that's so fertile and alive uh, where, um, you know, yeah, it, it's congregations that are people that are getting together across different lines, across congregational lines, racial lines, cultural lines, um, age-wise uh, uh, there. Um, uh, yeah, it's just sort of my proof that, like, this, this stuff matters. So the cultural stuff comes up, and I think it comes up um, – and it, it, right, it's it's related to uh, different identities, right? It's related to different identities. Um, and we have our, uh, we have our, our preferences. I think that uh, that one of the, the entrances is not only, is first reflecting on why does it matter that we do this um, and not just once a year? Because I think part of the problem is we only, if we say, well, it's just, it's just important for General Assembly every other year, <laughs> right? It's just important in the, if it were important, I think on a more regular basis because we had relationship, uh, right, then I think your heart softens. Uh, I'll say, you know, right. there are mu- musical forms 
uh, you know, music my kids listen to. I only listen to, right, because I know they value, uh, right? And then it begins to work on me and I start to go, oh, that that's kind of cool, right? <laughs> In a different way, right? Or, you know, scripture that, that uh, may not touch me, but like my friend, uh, values it so much that I go, oh wow! I never, I never heard that that way before, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, churches. I mean, I've heard <laughs> African American preachers have, you know, have gone to congregations where they weren't the majority, and folks have said, oh, you know, why are they hollering so much? Uh, right? They didn't, <laughs> so they didn't know how to interpret the the right. tone, uh, right? And so it was just like, no, no, that's actually a sound of joy. Uh, nobody's angry. The the hollering is occasioned by. <laughs> joy and, and the sound of liberation right not um but I, but i think that that uh <laughs> we have to have a shift in terms of like are these relationships important are they important enough for us to invest in uh more than because i can keep my distance if i'm only gonna if i only have to ask this every other year right i can keep my distance um right. and, I'll, and i'll say yeah thank, i thank god for uh being loved by every hue of human uh, that all of my mentors are from a variety of backgrounds, uh, because that right that also gives, is giving me exposure, and so I think part of part of what I'm saying is I think that um, <laughs> the, we we have to challenge each other to to do things so so that we show we value these relationships more, and then I, and, I, and then I believe that that what's going to grow from that uh, are capacities uh, right in terms of worship, in terms of uh, imagination about community development, in terms of you know uh, uh, <laughs> that. Not the Christian disciples, right? But Christians, right? We have education, hospitals, uh, so many things, right? That humans needed. <laughs> uh, we were we were at the forefront, uh, but I believe um, it means you know we, we have to actually value unity, and then you know uh, give our, our our labor to and actually enable that to happen, right? Uh, for it. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if. Um, um, it feels to me at times like our 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 vision of what can be never tends to quite get large enough to be in, to include yeah. everyone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> right? Like I I think I think we've been shooting too low uh, yeah. and way below <laughs> what God's calling us to, yeah. to do and yeah. to be. Yeah. For 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 a while. And so I think it is. It does become a. Um, I think partly because we don't think it's possible, uh, right? I think, yeah, we all sense and feel the anxiety, the division. Um, and so then we go, uh, you know, I know the, the Bible says some of these other things are possible, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, yeah. Do, do we, do we believe it? Uh, do we actually believe it? And I think, I think I'll say even, uh, you know, the OGMP's, uh, uh, Reverend Owens has been lifting up God's limitless love, uh, that I think to actually like be able to claim, um, <laughs> You know, no, we're actually capable by the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, of uh, of being and becoming, yeah, so much more. Yeah, I, yeah, and and being a new church planner, uh, you know, I've I was uh, in regional work the whole time during the whole twenty twenty vision component, and it seemed to me like that was the place where, uh, while I had some issues sometimes structurally with that but it seemed to me like the communities that were being formed were the ones where the greatest um, uh, diversity and integration and sense of a much more whole church was finding life and energy you know those of us who serve congregations have been around 100 years you know that's like trying to move a battleship with an oar you know it's that's (laughs) tough work and uh 
but it seemed like the new church movement gave us a different way of seeing ourselves as church. And I, I didn't know if that was your experience as you did that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, no. What a, what a um, joyous <laughs> uh, time. Yeah, so, certainly with its challenges. But, you know, it, it was called New Song. Um, and, uh, you know, it was clear to me during that time, right, the old, old songs give us a lot of comfort. And, and you know, we've rehearsed them. Uh, we know we know how to sing them, but in fact, to to, to sing a new song um, uh, and to do it, you know, with, with the blessing of the region and and to try to right invite others to to kind of help uh, give hold to that. But but it right, it was a community that was multiple generations, you know, that was multiple uh, uh, racial backgrounds, uh, whole spectrum of sexuality. Um, uh, yeah, I think our target right was people fifty and under, but it, it ended up being. Yeah, everybody, you know, uh, uh, seventy to two years old, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it, um, it. So, so yeah, it was it was this this space that was different, and I think that you know, starting because the DNA, right, at the, from the beginning, it was, you know, we want to target all these persons, and so we want to put leaders in place, uh, right, and have our worship experiences reflect that uh, that welcome, and and so I think that that trying to for existing current. You know, if that's not your makeup, then I think that yeah, it can be tough to sh to make the shift, mm -hmm. um, but but certainly not impossible. But but <laughs> yeah, I'll say it was, um, uh, yeah, New Church was marvelous. It was, it's also marvelous, at least I'll say in my experience, because I mean I remember having uh, <laughs> a couple who they were the first that, that got married in that community, and so they were like, Pastor, uh, you know, we've actually never been to a wedding. I mean, they and they really they had grown up in church. They really didn't know anything about church anything, <laughs> including, mm. you know, weddings, uh, uh, baptism, like, it's just was like, they were a blank slate, like, what, what actually happens? So right. I remember them asking, they were like, do, do people, I think I've heard about, like, jumping a broom or something like this, and I was like, well, that's not a Christian <laughs> uh, ritual, but, <laughs> but we can put a broom on the ground, and you can jump over it if you, if you want, but I named that only to say, right, that because there wasn't a frame of reference, uh, right. Then it then it really just was like, hey, we value people <laughs> of all backgrounds, of all identities. And so uh, blank slate, we're going to we're going to build up. Um, and so there wasn't there wasn't the work of trying to sort of tear down and dismantle. Right. That sometimes has to happen. Right. In, right, in right. existing spaces. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you touched on some of. Earlier, you mentioned you know the the report dropping today that forty seven percent is is our new max of people who are claiming church membership, and, and from my perspective, um, those aspects of church that have languished languished through the past years, whatever those are, um, men's ministry being one of them in many congregations, um, a lot of that, from my perspective, has been tied to not including those younger, vibrant, different voices. We've heard the same voices over and over again. And, and quite frankly, uh, you know, there's more, uh, more social movement in, in the world today than there is in our churches. And that's kind of backwards from the way I read the gospel. Exactly. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in complete agreement. Yeah, which is why I was saying I think that yeah, it's sad that that I think the civil rights movement we can see gains in the in the yeah. wider social world that we don't see in in church. But also, I, I think to to your point, um, 
uh, yeah, that, that inclusion, I mean, you know, it's, it's so hard, uh, but I think like we really do, again, we really do need each other. So I think part of it is, is, is do we actually value all the voices, uh, right? Not so that we just have like a, you know, a token youth member on our board or, um, <laughs> you know, this token identity or that token identity, right? But like, do we actually, the whole spectrum of identity. But what, what I'll also say is I think that, so when we do value, right, and we actually <laughs> invite folks to the table, I think that, that we'll be surprised, right, at, the, at their contributions. Um, so I'll say, I think, you know, at times when I hear folks who are anti-intellectual or who are anti this identity or that identity, uh, part of it is that they haven't had exposure uh, because I'm like, when you when you invite pe young people to really use their minds, uh, it's glorious. <laughs> when you mm -hmm. invite men, you invite women, you invite uh, maybe even the other, right? Maybe there's some identities that you just utterly, uh, maybe that's Democrat or Republican or independent. Maybe that's, um, uh, you know, lesbian, uh, bisexual, whatever, whatever it is, when you really invite people, uh, right, to, to share their hearts, their perspective, the faith that, that's uh, with them, uh, I, yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, you, you'll always be surprised because there's so much substance. Uh, and, and I'll say, I think a, a lot of this work too is, um, I'm real clear, we are not clear about all the gifts that God has given us, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and, I'm, and I also know I'll say working now, you know, with, in the OGMP's office, that, and as I talk to congregations, like if we actually knew, including men's ministry, right? If we actually knew the gifts that we have and all the ministries that we have, we'd be in a pretty different, uh, place, but but so much of it is that, yeah, we just we just don't know, and so I think it it's huge, and we have to find ways, right, to invite people, um, uh, to use their gifts to really listen deeply, uh, right, to have ears to hear things they've never heard before, uh, and I'll say I think that honestly, right, <laughs> new church is is exciting because, uh, it it's it's designed <laughs> to do that, right? It's designed to reach right. out and to go, hey. Um, and, I, and I think in, even in terms of this, like, no religious affiliation, um, <laughs> I, yeah, that, that for me, that there's, that's com complex. And I think one of the layers of that, right, is, like, uh, human beings, I believe, right, God made us. And so God made them to worship. God made them to, uh, God yeah. made us, right, all to, um, to love and care and contribute to the flourishing of the other. Uh, <laughs> in terms of, of the label, Christian or not, right, I think there's so much going on in terms of of that piece, uh, but I think part of it is, is um, uh, yeah, we, we've got to issue a different kind of invitation and talk differently, I think, about it, uh, right? Because I think some of it is, is um, we're not able to be as clear, right, in a way that enables people to say yes, uh, yes to things that in fact <laughs> will be life-affirming and life-changing, right, uh, for them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I love the language about the gifts, uh, about not recognizing the gifts. Uh, I know I, I've observed over the years that that plays out on many levels. You know, I've, I've consulted with congregations and pastors over the years where all the gifts that were necessary for what the church was seeking was in the room. Yes. But yeah. the pastor was so threatened by the gifts, right. you know, all of a sudden they thought that they, they would have no value in the life of the congregation if they welcome these other people's gifts into the conversation. And so our own, our own uh, insecurities begin to shut down our, our ability to, to embrace the gifts that we bring. And, you know, uh, all three of us in this conversation have had privilege, you know, to be in all kinds of different circles where we're, you know, where we've been exposed to people from all different 
all different kinds of people. That's right. And when you get overcome your insecurities, you suddenly realize, and I mean this in a, in a good way, how small we really are in our ability to understand the world, how limited we really are. Because when these other voices begin to add their insights, their perspectives to this, we begin to see the world in, in a much grander vision and appreciate not only the role we play, but the role everybody plays in making this world such a wonderful, uh, to begin to live into the kind of created order that God established for all of us. And, uh, you know, one of, of, uh, of, you know, embracing everybody with the same, the same kind of love. And um, so I, I think, I think a lot of the, it comes from our own fear of becoming insignificant. If we welcome something to the table, you know, where we see that pie must be finite and I, I can't, you know, I, I'm afraid I'll lose my peace. But the truth is we serve a God that's infinite and there is no limitation to what can be embraced if we open ourselves up to that. And I, I don't know what the answer is to overcoming that in our leadership because it's certainly prevalent uh, in so many different levels. But, uh, but I thank God for people like you, Yvonne, who certainly have a heart to champion that for the rest of us. And um, I hope that's a message that is taken to heart by many, if not all. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I was gonna say I'm excited about about men's ministry and particularly your leadership, Greg and Alex. Just in terms of of uh, because I think that overcoming patriarchy, right, overcoming racism, uh, so much of it, right, is is that work, right, is is looking at identity and authority and and inviting people uh, indeed <laughs> to to a fuller uh, awareness, right, of their own gifts and the ways, right, that they're not uh, making space <laughs> for the gifts exactly. of others, right, and overcoming that insecurity and all those sorts of things that like, um, uh, yeah, we have, we have some things that are normative uh, that, we, that we need to shift and change, uh, right, because, yeah, the, the, the glory of God is really <laughs> what, what's at stake, uh, and, and we need to right, be able to recognize that in, in each other, and, and yeah, our insecurity, yeah. as you said, it keeps us from doing that. And we are losers. If we don't embrace the giftedness of each other, we lose. Yes. I mean, we, we, we are losing out on so much. And, um, uh, you know, we appreciate you acknowledging, uh, you know, the work that Alex and I are trying to do. You know, it's, we're still in the beginning stages, but we certainly are absolutely committed, you know, to, uh, to dismantling patriarchy and, and overcoming, you know, the, the awesome, the awful, uh, white supremacy that we've been seeing on full display here the last couple months. Yeah. Um, and you know, we always want to be real clear that we, we want to share that the General Conference of Disciple Men, our partner organization, has been fully uh, yes. supportive of this journey with us. Awesome. And, uh, and so we, we want to continue to find ways, you know, to make inroads into all, all aspects of the church where we can help help the, the rest of the church see um, the limitations. If we only focus on what m white men bring to the table, how impoverished we make the church. Yes. And, uh, and you can't make a witness from that standpoint today, yes. if that's your only voice or your only, your only message. And, um, and so, you know, we're, we're just starting out and need a lot of help from folks like you, Yvonne, to, to help us figure it out. But we thank God you're a partner in this journey. I'm so grateful to be on the journey together with you. <laughs> well, we're we're recording this on the the Tuesday of Holy Week, and I think I saw something cross my Facebook feed 
um, earlier this week or maybe even last week that you have an event that you're a part of, Yvonne, coming up um, this Friday. And so I'm going to do double time and make sure that I get this up on the on our website yet this week. Um, if you'd be willing to talk about that a little bit, it was very interesting what I've read so far and yeah. tell me a little bit more. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, actually, Reverend Yanni Davis in California put this together that it'll be um, the seven, not the seven last words, seven last poems. Uh, so there'll be poems uh, based on the, uh, the last seven words of Jesus Christ there on the cross for Good Friday. And so it'll indeed will be uh, live on uh, Facebook, um, and uh, I'm, I'm yeah, privileged and thrilled to join. Um, and it's seven women uh, poets uh, as well. Uh, and so uh, uh, I will uh, yeah, join Yanni Davis, join uh, Ray Karim, uh, who's actually from uh, Honolulu, who serves there at First Christian Church Honolulu. Uh, I'm also excited to say my daughter is uh, Karis uh, Gilmore Essex, actually a 17-year-old, and uh, she's in Yanni's. Um, Yanni has a class on every Saturday. Uh, with young people to teach them about uh, poetry and art and that sort of thing. And so uh, this really will be Karis' debut. I don't think she's ever publicly <laughs> shared, oh, wow. shared, shared a poem. She's pretty pretty uh, uh, nervous about it, but, uh, but certainly certainly gifted. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so I'm thrilled to join uh, them and, and so many others. I think it'll, it'll really be a rich time. It's uh, four uh, Pacific time, so six Central, seven uh, Eastern, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think it'll be a rich way uh, and a different way, right? Because uh, poetry yeah. helps us imagine the world in, in uh, yeah. different ways and kind of get at the, those things. So, um, yeah, so please join us. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. I, I was looking just over the the names. I'm like, I I, I recognize a few of these names. I, I kind of <laughs> wondered. I kind of wondered uh, yeah. if Greece was uh, was some can in one way or shape or another. <laughs> So good to know that she's your daughter. I uh, have an almost 19-year-old myself, and uh, so I, I know a little bit of the parents' pride at watching their, their youngsters um, yes. uh, succeed and, you know, and, and flourish in those ways. So Absolutely. exciting. exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and again, I, I, yeah, I can't say enough, right? Like, I was like, you know, Yanni's, the church is with, uh, this is through the blend, uh, right? A Christian church out there, right? But I'm not in California. But she gets online, right? It benefits <laughs> from those gifts, right? And so I'm just I'm like, this is, uh, yeah, when I talk about it, it's not just an idea. It's like, no, no, this really, you know, it matters that congregations can share their gifts right together, um, right? And that really, this isn't just seven last poems. This is like, yeah, seven different faith communities, right? Really, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, leaders from different faith communities gathering well, together. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's some of the positive uh, that I have kept claiming um, out of COVID-19, you know, That's out right. of, we, we had to, uh, we, you know, we had to experience the the blessings and curses of Zoom, you yes. know, of this <laughs> virtual existence that we live for. Yes. Uh, some are still in the midst of living here. It's kind of petering out. Uh, but the, the blessing is that it has enabled us to reach across um, we recently had the General Conference of Disciples Men. We had 30-some-odd guys uh, gathered together for revisioning. And uh, I don't know when that conference has ever had 30 folks. You know, certainly not a couple of years I've been involved with it. And you know, I hear for a number of years before that. So, you know, the opportunity to sit in our home or our office 
That's right. And or our home office and, and visit with folks from around the globe. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a blessing. It, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a new way of being. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, I do. Uh, there's some things I, I hope to go back to, but I, but I, but I certainly hope uh, that there continues to be a proliferation, right? That out of this, this realization that like, uh, you know, greater connection is possible, uh, but also that we do need it, not just uh, on the occasion of <laughs> COVID-19, but in fact, we need it to flourish all yeah. the time, right? Yes. Um, that, that, yeah, what a, what a, uh, uh, yeah, in that way, it, it, it is a wonderful moment to be uh, alive in the ministry together. <laughs> Can you share, I don't know if you've had the opportunity yet to, to um, uh, really see kind of the work of the uh, of men's ministry that's a part of the National Convocation. Uh, can you share anything about what's taking place uh, there through, uh, through that organization? I, so I can say, I, th I think it's also being reimagined this year, but I'll say Walter Parker. Uh, Walter Parker is our uh, the head of that, that fellowship group. Uh, and one of the things all the fellowship groups are doing is um, we're gathering for worship actually every fifth Sunday. And so um, those, those fifth Sunday services are being led by our different fellowship groups. And so uh, a little later this year, the third one um, uh, will be led by uh, the, the men's group. And so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, some of the men actually gathered and um, uh, sent water in the wake of all that was happening in the winter weather in Texas. Uh, they sent like two U-Haul trucks of, uh, mm. of uh, water down there and um, uh, Brad Braxton helped to, to kind of engineer that, put that together, uh, and, and are just so grateful for the ways they take care of each other. I do know, you know, they also gather for prayer and study um, together, and I think uh, uh, I'm looking forward to kind of conversation uh, both about how to expand that, but also, you know, what kinds of intergenerational resources we can um, give, because I think it's, it's so significant that, um, yeah, right, there's just the generations uh, of different, different men are able to uh, make space, and, and then yeah, that we can think about what what does it take to um, for them to flourish so that the, the doors open, but that they have you know uh, things that um, so that so that all men know about it. Um, and I, and I'll just say, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm a woman, uh, <laughs> but that that I I know how important it is to have dedicated space, right? So that um, the women's groups I'm a part of, uh, right? It's so rich, right, to be able to talk about identity, right? To talk about, uh, right, uh, uh, yeah, what it means to be a mom, what it means to be, you know, a female clergy person, that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. so I know, have seen, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear about the kind of uh, revisioning time that, that you guys have, but I've seen, you know, where, where men's ministry is vital, uh, right, is, is because that dedicated space is made, and then people are intentional about the hospitality, you know, to say, to say, come on in, um, and, and that, uh, I have a colleague actually in Illinois who was saying, he was like, you know, our men's um, retreat, <laughs> you know, grew to be like our largest retreat. Um, and I never anticipated that was going to be the case uh, until we started it. But he was just like, we really put a lot of time into thinking about, you know, uh, uh, how we talk about it and make space for what it, what it means to be a man, um, how you flourish and that. And that men really look forward to being able to talk just among themselves, right? About, um, <laughs> yeah, what these things mean to be able to celebrate each other, uh, uh, that that sort of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, grateful for for all the imagination and ideas that will come out of this <laughs> this next year. Um, and yes. and uh, yeah, so so value that. Well, we certainly are anticipating uh, a much closer partnership and 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 uh, integrated ministry with the the men of the convocation. 
not that they aren't a part of what we do, but I think we we need to be much more intentional about how we combine and share resources and prayer and worship and stuff together. And and uh, and that will be so. Uh, now's the time. We're all in this revisioning Amen. time that seems to be right, and so we look forward to. Uh, uh, to seeing where that takes us. And uh, it is a new day. And then, you know, again, there's a lot, to, uh, you know, of weeping and gnashing of teeth uh, kind of stuff going on. But at the same time, I see, uh, I see a lot of things to be very hopeful about that, that will help move us in a new direction and make us a much more vibrant and stronger witness for the gospel than what maybe we have been in the forms we have traditionally held on to. And I'm really excited about what the, what the future holds for us. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, Yvonne, we are so grateful for your time today. Thank you yes. for uh, for being with us. Uh, please know that our prayers are with you and with your work uh, and revisioning process of the National Convocation, and uh, that we are here to support you in any way we can. And, and uh, as you have ideas about strengthening our work, uh, we hope that you'll be able, you will share those with us and uh, hope our paths cross again soon. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah, what, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight uh, to be with you. I'm so grateful for your leadership and your work. And, and uh, yeah, looking forward to working together. And, and uh, yeah, just resurrection blessings uh, to all of us during this whole week. Amen to that. Alex? Amen. Thank you, Yvonne. We do really appreciate your time with us today. And thank you all for listening in. We do hope that you will uh, check out the link that will be posted with the podcast for the event coming up uh, on Good Friday. Uh, that Yvonne mentioned earlier. And we hope to see you uh, soon on another edition of the Disciples Men Podcast. Our special thanks to our good friend, the Reverend Dr. Dean Phelps, for providing the special music of this podcast. You can discover more of Dean's music at deanphelpsmusic.com. And you can learn more about the ministry of Disciples Men on Facebook and through disciplesmissions.org.